When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, I'm really looking forward to this episode. We're going to be talking about how to transform anxiety into resilience. And that is something that I think is a really important topic for people to realize that if you struggle with anxiety or trauma or really any mental health issue, we will, as therapists, we want to talk about how can you build some resilience for that? Because uh, it's learning the grit. It's learning how to uh, work and manage through your your anxiety, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. My my guest today is a therapist, and his name is Alex uh, Boyonju. I don't know if I got that right, um, but I'm really delighted to have him on the show. And we're going to be talking about transforming anxiety into resilience right after this. my friends thank you so much for coming back in to listen to the show like i mentioned uh, we're going to be talking about uh anxiety we're going to be talking about trauma and resilience and my guest today alex he is uh he's been a therapist for a very long time and you're going to be listening to two different therapists talk and this is just a ca- a casual conversation but hopefully it's uh information that you'll learn from and that you'll be encouraged by and so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about how you can start building resilience with your mental health struggle. So, Alex, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So let's let's kind of dive in here. And I want to, first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. It's a long story. <laughs> I'm human. <laughs> I love what I do. <laughs> I'm passionate about what I do. My story, look, you know, I always say this. There's the relative story, and then there's the absolute story, right? The relative story, uh, for people to get to know me, we could do that. We just spend a lot of time. But I think what's important in really understanding my own story is that I think I came into this incarnation uh, very passionate about the human condition and, and uh, why we suffer, the roots of suffering, and how to help people you know, realize that they don't have to suffer. There's pain, but we can reduce suffering. It's a whole different, you know, understanding, right? So I've been curious about that from 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 a very early age. You know, one can say that this happened to you, that this happened to you. I think it was just karmically, karmically there. I can't take any credit for saying, oh, yes, my mom and dad did this or said this or this happened. It's just like all of us, you know. When you when you're when you're 
it's supposed to be a duck. You quack when you're a cat, you meow, and this is all. <laughs> I, I often laugh and I say, I'm not a psychotherapist. I, I'm a being. I'm a being who's deeply interested in understanding the mystery of being. The human condition, right? And that's that's. Uh, I always like to make that distinction that I, I see clients as well, and I'm all remote. And you mentioned that you do 100% remote work as well. And and uh, even when I was in private practice, it is a human human to human interaction. Right. In in the therapist, we're humans. We come with a lot of our background. We have pain. We have hurt, just like everybody. And just because people come to see us and we're professionals, right? We're professionals, we're still human. And so that connection that we can have, uh, that's just that's that is a, a you know, a client comes in, talks to us for 45, 50 minutes or so, and, and that that time frame is a is a is a interesting time between one human to another, and it's like no other. Um, it's not like going to your doctor. It's not like going to a chiropractor. Nothing against those those professions at all, but it's just different. And so we're talking about pain and suffering and resilience. And I, you alluded to that, and I think that's great. And so tell me a little bit. So you've been over what a therapist for over 30 years and uh, you obviously have, who knows, countless number of, of people that you've met and talked with. And our, our subject today is anxiety and resilience. And somewhere we all learn as therapists, we learn from our clients. And uh, what are some things that you think that you have learned just over the years, talking to your clients, what have you learned from from them? You know, if you study, if you go to Africa and you go to the safari and you live in there for X amount of years and you start to observe, let's say, a lion's behavior, you're going to start to see that the other lions are similar in their, in their behavior. And you start to realize that the whole clan you know, species suffers from similar conditions and acts a certain way. So we as human beings, right, we have a, we have a particular niche of beings. And so we, we have similarities, not little, but all of our similarities are the same in terms of the root causes of dissatisfaction. And, and so for me, in observing everyone, it's like picking up the hood of a car and saying, look, this is how a four-stroke engine works. Next person comes in. This is how a four-stroke engine works. After you've done that long enough, right, you see that everybody comes in with a particular story. But as you help the person unweave their story, the mechanics of confusion and the mechanics uh, to coming to aliveness and wisdom are kind of the same. Mm. They're, not, they're not different. What I do, and I hate to do this, and I'm going to say it very honestly, what I do all week long is the same with every single person. It's and not, so that's different. not to say, though, that the the people are, they, they all have individual circumstances. So it's the same in the fact that, yeah, it, it's, it's similar. They're similar in, in their pain, 
and yes. a lot of what we teach and, and, and help our clients with, but the individual person, they come with their own unique story. Yeah. Everybody has a unique story, right? That's what we call on the relative level. On the absolute level, we're, we're, we're simply divine beings, right? Playing out, you know, on the stage of the human condition, like my great Shakespeare and, you know, aspect of you know we're all but players on a stage right with our unique scripts that doesn't take take away our uniqueness and what happens is actually when we do good work with people their uniqueness shines ever more so so what i've learned is that it's not that this that this process um, eliminates uniqueness it sharpens uniqueness mm. without without the neurotic neurotic aspect Neurosis is what, what then dulls the shining of the individual because they're confused about their fundamental nature. Then they walk around believing that they're the story that they pick up from, from their childhood. Well, that never has made anybody happy. I've never met anybody, you know, carrying the story of their mother or father and being happy. The story that they must learn is how to read their own story. And so when you say their uniqueness, yes, what, what I do all week long is helping people to return back to their unique story, but with aliveness. It's like, it's like myself, like what I do, what I do in the world. This is what I do in the world, but I was doing this forever. But was the sharpness the same? Was the same clarity the same? Was my own sense of well-being the same? No. Me in, in my 20s doing this was different than me in my 50s doing this. So the doing of this is the same, but my internal experience of myself is completely, you know, different. I'm at I like home. how you, I'm at home. yeah, I, I like how you put that because even the therapist transform. And because, because we grow and it's not like, uh, you know, I've been a therapist for a long time too. And we grow as individuals. And when we grow as individuals, we bring that into the session as well. And, and so, like we said, the human, human connection, and we each, we all have stories and that's those stories, the struggles uh, that people come to see us for, for help and for some professional guidance. Uh, but when it comes down to it, it is that connection. And that, and that's the, and I think when you talk about resilience, you're talking about learning more about yourself and learning more about how you respond to the situation, whatever it is that's, that you're struggling with. And so can you tell us a little bit more about how the, the, with someone who, let's say someone struggling with anxiety, how does that equate to, or how does that turn into resilience? How, how would you, if someone's struggling with anxiety, what are some encouraging things that you can talk to someone when it comes to resilience? You're opening up like a four podcast series. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll try to unpack that in the time that we, so let us begin with, 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 with We are a beautiful biological creation. Um, this biological creation um, is interfaced by a nervous system. And 
the nervous system, one of the most complex, beautiful, like software programs running in the system, must interact with the framework behind and then the apparent framework in front, right? So it's the intermediary between our true fundamental self and then the expression in the world. So the nervous system is wired so early on in our development. I mean, very, very, very early on. All of the strands of the nervous system come into play very quickly along with the spinal cord and the brain, right? So what's happening is you, you want to think about that as, as, as receptors, receivers. So therefore, we are born receiving information in order to pass it on to this being, which is, which is managing at this point safety or non-safety. From Maslow's hierarchy, the beginning stages before belonging and self-esteem and self-actualization, and even like where I live and so forth, belongs with the fundamental safety. Well, what, what, is, what is giving information about that fundamental safety is going to be the nervous system. Because when you're in utero, the chemicals of the mother and the mother's energy also is giving information to the child's energy system for how safe it is to be in this home, in this space. And so if the mother's carrying a lot of, you know, stress, she's producing a lot of adre adrenaline and cortisol, right? And, and uh, you know, T cells. And so what happens is the baby's nervous system is going to pick that up and the nervous system is going to start to become wired for danger. And so we begin from from conception to use the nervous system for safety and then that safety moves into spiritual safety psychological safety so we have physical safety psychological safety spiritual safety and so when there's no way to avoid what i'm about to say when there is impact on that nervous system which everybody being human has there's no getting away there's no there's no utopia of a non-influenced nervous system right it's just a matter of how intense how often right so we all know people that grew up in in circumstances where the field of energy is much more milder much more inclusive much more loving well that energy influenced that nervous system to give it the information that what hey you can physically be you you can psychologically be you you can be spiritually be you well when there is impact of the trauma nature, and now we speak about trauma, not just the big T's, but the small T's, and there's enough small T's that can, they do the same thing. So you have small T's and big T's influencing the nervous system. And I don't know why I have this image of Einstein at this point, because when he talks about, you know, general, general relativity and you have, you have a, a, you know, the classic earth is sitting down uh, in, into space and it's bending, bending, space-time and light travels along that right well the, the the bigger that is the sun is bigger so they, it curves more of the light well the image is coming up because that's what happens in the nervous system so the more t there is the more the, the the bending and the stretching of the nervous system and and more hard wiring the nervous system starts to lose its flexibility this is this is the key to your to your question as it loses its flexibility, it's going to create a set of, of internal structures that everything is dangerous to, on a physical level. And so, therefore, anxiety 
is the beauty, the expression of that nervous system saying, I am perceiving everything as danger, even though it may not be dangerous. And so that's the birth of anxiety. Well, in perception, a lot of times it is. I, I, I talk about uh, cognitive distortions and thinking thinking traps, and you start to think something, but it not, may not be true. You're starting to believe uh, in, in um, evidence that's not really evidence, that's circumstantial evidence, and you're starting to believe that, and then that influences how you feel. And if you feel you're in danger, for instance, you must be in danger. Well, not necessarily, right? Because our feelings a lot of times can be deceptive. And and I like how you mentioned that and how um, perception can still lead into, even if it's not capital T. And capital T is the actual lot of heavy trauma, right? You feel like you're in danger or going to die or someone else, you witness someone. But there's also the smaller T's that uh, are not necessarily those big traumas that we think of, but they are traumas. They are still there. And enough of those will add up to, can be in our, in our nervous system. Like you mentioned, it could be like a big T and our body reacts that way. And, And when our body reacts to trauma or anxiety, even if it's perceived, our body reacts to it. And then we have to learn uh, and, and some sometimes we have to unlearn different things to be able to. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply manage the anxiety and to grow and learn from it and transform that into the resilience that you're talking about. So can you tell us a little bit about what is resilience? How would you define resiliency? So look at the nervous system again. Let's go back to that. So as the, as the nervous system becomes more hardwired, that means it's not going to be less flexible for the situations. So Resiliency. Resiliency is another way of saying capacity to tolerate distress. That's what. That's the easiest way to understand. Well, with a nervous system that's really wired intensely, it's going to perceive a small light touch psychologically as an elephant stepping on you. So therefore, there is a a physiological and a psychological misperception of intensity. Well, if something is really intense, it's much more difficult to be resilient. So resiliency is about changing the structure, the nervous system, has capacity to relax, relax, and tolerate internal states, 
that were difficult to tolerate before. Again, external resilience. Right? So what's an internal resilience? So for example, when one is feeling a particular emotion, let's say, anger, so or fear. Right? You take one of those and, and within a within a nervous system, let's say that is hardwired and anxious, then a little bit of anger, let's say, from someone else flips that person to 101 something. Oh, you must not like me. Oh my God, I'm anxious. I can't come back to work tomorrow. You know, the whole thing starts off, right? The person barely said anything to them, let's say. So you can't ask them to be resilient with that person, but the work there is to be able to walk them through a slow, step-by-step, non-cognitive. I don't do cognitive therapy. I do, I do somatic therapy. So it's about learning to identify the way that the nervous system is showing up in the body and then learning how to deeply relax such an important piece Mm -hmm. we as human beings don't do well in letting go and relaxing all of us not just here it's a it's a the, the human condition is one of tightening 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 you know thank goodness that the new movement of yoga and meditation which i teach has come into our culture for the last 40, 50, 60 years. And we're starting to jump on the bandwagon and understand somatic healing because we're like, we are just so tense and so stressed. Right? So how can you be resilient when, you know, everything feels like it's overwhelming? You can't. Mm-hmm. So resiliency is a byproduct of the, once we learn to let go, right? Then we start to work with the historical ways that trauma arises in the body and being able to be with that without reacting so much, without pushing it away or stuffing it back inside, neither one of them. And we do that, you know, as a titration, right? You titrate that in a way, a little bit of a classic cognitive behavioral therapy, but we do it differently in the somatic arena, but it's likened to that. It's kind of a successive tolerance so you stay with it a little bit it's overwhelming we breathe through it we do some other work in the somatic world and you slowly slowly and you go oh wow that's not so bad okay that was a level three right so now we're going to move up to let's say a level four level five and level six right and this is where then emdr comes into play and emdr is amazing at helping uh to create an internal state that can tolerate higher levels of tensity, intention, uh, uh, tenseness, right? Tension. You can tolerate more through the mm-hmm. work with EMDR. And you start to realize, oh, I don't have to run away or, or collapse into it. I could be very present to this. And that's the birth of resilience. I love that definition. And I think it's... Um when people realize that they are stronger than they think they are, that's resilience, right? So they're, they're, they're learning about uh, how can they tolerate the stress? How can they tolerate the anxiety, even the trauma? And uh, you mentioned EMDR, and I know that's a very effective uh, treatment and therapy. And so a lot of people that I recommend that I talk with that have complex trauma, especially EMDR, it's a really good 
uh, therapy to use and, and to uh, seek out a therapist that is trained in that. And, and you are right. So, so you, that's a lot of what you do and you're completely remote. I know we talked about that a little bit before we came on the show and I'm completely remote as well. And it's interesting how you, you mentioned EMDR uh, historically that was done privately in an office uh, in person, but now with technology and where things are in the mental health field, we can do it, uh, completely online, which is great. So I'm really curious, how do you work with clients with EMDR online? What does that look like? So I'm sure your your audience is going to know about EMDR. So I suggest that they do some research on EMDR. And one of the best places to go is to go to the main website of EMDR. It's emdria.org, emdria.org. They're, they're, they're the certifying body and they have all the information. I would say to go there, right? What what I will say this, if, if EMDR is not only good for big T, but it, now I, I use EMDR with literally everyone. There's not there's not one single topic that I'm not going to use EMDR. And here's, and here's why. Okay? This has to do with the way that trauma is formed. When a traumatic event happens, the brain and the body will store that information and there'll be a certain particular feeling tone of an I am that gets stored with it as well, right? And that gets bound up together in the brain. That gets bound up and sealed as one unit. And then the tendency then is to take that unit and project it as a unit for future, you know, orientations. Because, you know, if you were hunter-gatherer and you went hunting somewhere and a lion attacked you on that ridge, you're going to remember not to go to that ridge again. Right. So that's a very important memory to have and that kind of intensity to have on it. Now we don't have saber tooth tigers except the, the ones that live in our minds. Right. So big T, big traumas, let's say, what they do is they're imprint on that uh, combination of emotions, thoughts, and I am gets locked in and becomes a generalized way of looking at the world. It's like you get bit by a dog once. And then just you're afraid of every dog. And I have this often with people, like especially let's say like with a dog. Yeah. Uh, uh, a tree falls into into your house. And from there on, you can't go. You actually can't go into that house and you have to sell it. But that's not everybody. There's a reason for that. Usually what we see is people who have tendencies for anxiety to begin with. When they have trauma happen to them, it gets stored differently than people who don't have traumas, uh, anxiety before that. So I've known people where literally there's a tree that falls into their house. Uh, this is a true story. And they were fine. They cleaned it up, but then they go back to their house. Another person had to move out. Well, for that other person, you know, if you go into their story and you start to look at stuff, you're going to find that there was a connection to something much deeper besides the tree. The tree falling was just an activation point that touched upon the trauma, right? So EMDR is this methodology that uses what's called bilateral stimulation, either through the eyes or tapping or through the ears, through, through sound or tappers, through touching. There's these modalities, but they all work similarly in the sense that they do what's called bilateral activation. The science of this is still early. 
It's very interesting. In some ways, they don't know why it works, but here is the um, some of the early insights that EMDR, the bilateral movements, create a hypnogenic state. It's very interesting. What does a hypnogenic state do? You relax. The body relaxes. Well, when the body relaxes and you revisit a memory, what's the hardest thing in revisiting a memory is not the visual. It's the somatic response to it and the I am behind it. This is very important to understand this. If you and I just had a visual of our of a trauma event and we had no, let's say we cut off in the brain the emotional response in the body, right? It would just be an image. But because the image comes along with the physical response and the I am, that's the hardest part. So what do we do? The person relaxes and all of a sudden the bodily response is calmer. They go into the memory and they can see accurately what happened and accurately their role in the event. And because most of traumas are not our faults, not almost none of them are our faults, then what happens is the person or the child perceives that, wait a second, that was not my fault. That was my mother or my father or, or the caretaker or the person who abused me, you know what I mean? Whatever it may be, it's not my fault. So what happens is there's a freedom in recognizing that I'm not the bad one in this memory because that's what often gets locked in these memories. So EMDR helps free us from the distortion of the I am in the memory. I love that. I love that. And so if you're listening to this and, and you're thinking, well, maybe that's, that's something that you can try. And, and I've, I've had clients tell me a lot in regards to EMDR. They've tried so many other different types of therapy, including CBT, but EMDR was what's really has helped them because of that somatic uh, uh, experience and the bilateral stimulation. I think that is fantastic. And, and uh, so I would really encourage you to look into that if that's something that you're wondering about, or maybe you're trying to figure out what kind of therapy to get. I would definitely go there and, and look more uh, into that. Well, Alex, our, our time is coming to a close here really soon. And uh, one of the things that I always like to ask my guests is about self-care. Uh, it is really important, self-care, and everybody kind of defines what differently what that might be for them. But I'm curious about, uh, if, is that something that you practice as self-care? I'm a meditator. I meditate. I've been meditating for 40 years. And so for me, it's, it's my refuge. Nice. Meditation, yoga, and nature. So, okay. I want to I expand that just a little bit because not everybody knows exactly what is meditation. You've been doing this for a long time. So I know, I know we, we're almost to the end here, but give us a little snapshot of how you view meditation. Meditation is, is not just a method, a technique. It's rooted, rooted deeply in the deep understanding of who we are. So it comes along with a whole depth that's behind the technique of meditation. Meditation is guided by the two, two aspects, calming down and insight. 
So meditation practice, per se, is helping one to calm down. And then the second part is gathering the insights into the way one suffers and insights into the way to become free. I like that. And so then if you want if you want a longer one, which I would have to summarize two and a half thousand years of Buddhism to understand that meditation is a different discussion. <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole series of discussions, I think. <laughs> well, thank you for that. And and uh, I appreciate uh you coming on the show and, and uh sharing your experience and expertise and encouragement with my audience. It's always interesting. I always like listening to other therapists and what they do in their own practice. And because this is, you and I know that mental health, it is, uh, it is not going away. In fact, it's getting worse and worse, I think. And, and, but yet access to a, a therapist is, is not as, uh, it's not that easy to get access it's to growing, a therapist. It's, it's growing. It's I mean, listen, the, the field, the, the field is growing. Everybody knows about therapy. Everybody talks about therapy. Everybody's starting to go to therapy, so the numbers are going up and up and up and up. There's a lot of different kind of therapists. You know, it's like anything else. You know, you go to the car, you go to a car lot, and not every car is for you. So you have right. to you have to do you have to be willing to experiment, to get to know people, read about them, study them. But the key is just have the willingness not to stop until you find the right person for you at that time. Just well said. Well going. said. I say that too. Yes. So don't if you're seeing a therapist. And you don't really connect with them. It's okay to say that and tell that to your therapist. You know what? I need your therapist is going to know. They're going to understand that. They're going to get it. Don't I, worry about I, hurting their feelings. I know. I know. I am somewhere along the line of somebody's life in the therapist. So it's not. You know, we're not the. I'm not the last one or the first one or the middle. It's everyone should have a guide that they can come to and bear them their souls completely. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, Alex, thank you so much. I know you, uh, you're, you were, we're hearing some honks in the background there. I know you're in New York right now. So it's, it's kind of hard to get into a quiet place in New York, but I really appreciate you coming on and spending some time uh, talking with thank us. I appreciate that. And uh, if you're listening, I really appreciate you as well. Uh, you, you, some of you are brand new to the show. Some of you have been wa- uh, listening and or watching. I'm on YouTube now on video, uh, but I appreciate you and continue to listen and watch. I value you. I want to help you, encourage you to keep working on your mental health, whatever that looks like. Stay encouraged, my friends. Take care. Until next time. Bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.